Cargo Cult is a production of Radio Nemo West. Cargo Cult is all about the movies, books, music, and moments that help shape the lifestyle of not only the trucking industry, but also the American obsession with being on the move. What if something just like jumps out in front of you and you have to stop? Don't. What was that? A Mazda. Hosts Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn engage in a wild, free-form discussion with folks from both the transportation and entertainment worlds. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a show that's all about the journey. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got caught. And now your hosts, Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn. What we're talking about here is an invasion. Okay, so last time on Cargo Cults. By the way, hey, how you doing, Justin Wellborn? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, I'm Jimmy Mack of uh, Sirius XM 146 Road Dog Trucking. That is uh, Justin Wellborn. Standing here in these two shoes. <laughs> That's about all I can say about my place it is right a, now. It is warm right now. I mean, it really is a warm, <laughs> this is a warm studio. No, we're talking about an invasion. We talked about Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, just recently. Uh, you Guys, by the way, um, welcome to Cargo Cults, a... Uh, a conversation uh, about the movies, moments, and all the fun stuff that actually helped shape the transportation and trucking industry, and maybe vice versa a little bit, and that great American need to get out there and have an adventure. So we talked about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978, Philip Kaufman's movie. This, in many ways, today's show, this Halloween show, is, in fact, an invasion. All right, so you know who Roger Corman is, right? I do. Okay. so We talked about uh, Wild Angels. Wild Angels. And, uh, and of course, Roger Corman's production unit is known as American International Pictures, AIP, Uh which, of course, got very famous for doing exploitative films. Uh, you know, I mean, like Wild Angels, Death Race, Death Race, yeah. all the beach blanket bingo yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, basically, you know, sorted yeah. gangster films. I mean, real crap. Yeah. If you had thirty thousand um, dollars, you want to make a movie, man. He'll he'll get you Peter Fonda. <laughs> I, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is the correct pronunciation, but you ever heard of a Cahiers de Cinema? You know, the Cahiers de Cinema. I don't know how it's pronounced. Do you know how that's pronounced? It was a French magazine that kind of celebrated film in the 50s. Right? Oh, okay. All right. And it's right, where right, Truffaut right. and Jean-Luc uh-huh. Godard and I Louis Bunel, okay. all those, they, that was go. their kind of old film school. They all just wrote essays kind of attacking everybody else's another, movies. It's their or, Federalist Papers. You know, or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or celebrating the work of, of Howard Hawks. Sure. It, that was kind of their like crash course in, in, in making movies. The unintentional film school of the 1960s outside of UCLA and USC was Roger Corman's AIP, American International Pictures. I mean, it's where we get Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola and Brian De Palma and Ron Howard. I can keep on going. At some point, if you ever watch the um, documentary Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, or is it Raging Bulls and Easy Riders, uh, the Peter Biskine book, Corman at some point begins to watch the movies in the early, mid-70s and go, oh, no. These guys have figured out what I do, except they have talent and money, and I'm doomed. And, of course, you know, the gangster picture with Copeless the Godfather. Um, I mean, you think about all these movies that these folks would do. Um, they'd make these movies, and they'd be much better than Corman could ever dream of. But the one thing Corman always had in his back pocket was horror. Sure. He yeah, could yeah, always yeah. do a nice old exploitative, put a knife in somebody's eyes, some gore, some yeah, disgusting yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. The three films we're talking about today, the first one in particular— put a knife 
And the only kind of Roger Corman film that didn't get appropriated wasn't for a lack of trying. It was the beach movie. John John sure, Milius right, tries it with right, Big right, Wednesday right. and Le Summer takes a shot at it. But nobody really does to his biker movie what Easy Rider did to his biker movie. And nobody does to his gangster movie what The Godfather did. But the horror films? They well, take it from it. So I have a theory that mm-hmm. actually they kill his beach movie too and they kill it in the first 15 minutes of Jaws. <laughs> They just kill his beach movie straight up at the beginning of Jaws. Throw a big shark out there in the water, and uh, there's your Syracuse. So basically what ends up happening is it's an invasion. I mean, so all the castles and the caverns and the grottos and the manors and the haunted forest and the graveyards and the ghost ships are all replaced by the horror of what is coming home to the neighborhood. So Black Christmas... Um, you know, ringing the doorbell for the last house on the left, taking Carrie to the prom, all of that stuff pretty much puts an end to Corman's horror movie, but really kind of puts the final kibosh on that. Or two things. Okay. The movie we'll be talking about in a minute, the most famous of all the Halloween horror films of all time, bears the name of it, and the works of Stephen King. Now watch this transition. You've been, because Stephen King brings it home too. He brings it all to the suburbs. Sure, all. sure, sure, sure. You've been reading King recently, haven't you? I have. I've been reading his new book, Fairy Tale, just to see. I haven't picked up King in 20 years, man. And it, it's like revisiting an old friend in the way you're like, oh, yeah, this is familiar. I kind of I kind of get your beats. It's still a little antiquated, especially because the, the kid in it is a modern day kid. It's happening like right now, you know. So thinking back in the day is just like 2000. <laughs> you know, for him, it's not remembering back in the the it times of the seventies or the sixties. You know, it's it's definitely been updated, but um, it's good. It, I've been having a good time reading and, it. Man. You know, whether it's Salem's Lot, which is small town America, and, and, and it led me to watching more of the movies again. Some of the favorites, like Misery. I even jumped into Doctor Sleep, The Shining. I'm just that. Have that's go- been my. October. Have you watched Carrie? Of course. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. it holds up so well. And I got to tell you, speaking of novelist, and he is just sitting here dying because there's so many things we're talking about that he's <laughs> that so into right now. we're just throwing at the wall. I mean. I, and I did this by a long way of setting up. I mean, the idea that we're talking about um, John Carpenter's Halloween, of course, and two other films that come after that kind of set the standard for bad guys bad slashers at the movies it's the beginning of the movement and of the of the true you know killers killing teens and i brought up stephen king because we have another novelist here we uh we his literary content is of a viral sensation uh horror author felix blackwell emerged from the bowels of reddit during a botched summoning ritual I, I did not write that for him. He wrote that himself. He writes novels and short stories in the horror, thriller, and fantasy genres, including The Devil's Dreams, The Cold People, and other fairy tales from nowhere, and the novel he's best known for, Stolen Tongues, currently being adapted into a feature film. Go to FelixBlackwell.com. And Justin, say good morning to Felix Blackwell. Good morning, Felix Blackwell. Thank you very much for having me. Dude, we're so happy to have you here. Man. Thank you. And also, I did not write that bio myself. Uh, that was recommended to me by a friend of mine who who wrote it when I couldn't think of what to say about myself. You really did emerge from the bowels the, of Reddit. The, yes. the botched ritual is what really gets it, man. That just yeah. describes either several of my old relationships and or, you know, <laughs> se- several artistic ventures where you're just like, eh, that's, a, that's a big botch. She who shall not be named. I mean, that really is kind of sums up all my... I don't want to summer if I do. Boom. Before I, be. yeah, before I Ruining got married, things again. there are so many women that if I mention their name, I know what Sasha, who's over in the lobby is going to be like, there's somebody here to see you. <laughs> no. No, Felix is here Jim, with us. Jimmy. Yeah. 
By the way, did you know the last scene in Carrie, the famous scene where the hand comes up out of the grave and grabs her arm? It's such a cool thing. It's shot backwards. Uh, that makes sense. The whole sequence, yeah, 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 yeah. it gives it that dreamy sort of quality. And everybody thinks it's like the first famous reach out and touch somebody. It's not. I found out I was watching the most terrifying moments. I, I knew this. What is the first I'm having a dream? Somebody comes up out of the water or the ground. Do you know what it is? Um, I'm, I'm blanking right now. You just threw it at Georgia, me. So. Uh, I'm going to say Georgia. If I tell you Georgia, it's a movie that is set in Georgia on the river. Uh, deliverance. You got it. Bingo, Bam. bingo, boom. Hey. There you go. Well Never done. Guess. Well, Never, I, I, I love know. Super it's smart. crazy. Well, it is one of those movies that, again, like Smokey and the Bandit, if you kind of grew up there, James Dickey, things like that, they they kind of come into the cultural milieu and, and, and a lot of like, this is the river that we filmed Deliverance on. And you're like, I don't want to rap that. What are you talking about? No. You know? Did you know I mean, that? You that just w- kind of grow up knowing a few of those things. I think things, that was right? the river that we actually did our kayaking that's a, that's on. That's a scary movie, man. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to take another good and one. And has Burt Reynolds uh, ever looked more heroic when they do the camera when the lens goes from one focus to another and there he is holding the bow and arrow? You, every single person who believes in manhood is sitting there going to kill And what a weird, brave thing for him to do. And so out of type in the way that he's doing, he, he plays the big strong alpha male that that has to take the real under you know he gets hurt he has he to be hurt. taken care of he he doesn't get to be the hero of this movie that no, you kind of think that's what he's here for you know and it's it's the bookish guy that really gets the you john voight yeah, yeah really yeah, yeah, rises yeah. to the occasion in that but of course you know borman is such a good filmmaker in that that he really does make sure that we are moving forward. isn't it funny what voight has become Thanks for listening to a preview of this episode of Cargo Cult. Like what you heard? Hear more from Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn exclusively on the SiriusXM app. Subscribe today at SiriusXM.com.